how can you do something that solves someone else's problem? They are trying to figure out new ways to be innovative, new ways to reach young people. Well, why don't you reach them where they're at? And it wasn't that people didn't do sports diplomacy. Like I didn't invent sports diplomacy, but I've definitely brought skate diplomacy and made that be a thing. Hi, this is Diana O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. I originally invited Dr. Neftali Williams to talk about careers in skateboarding, but his work and words of wisdom go far beyond jobs, though he does have some pretty good tips for the parents of skaters, so hold on for that. But it wasn't just his passion for skateboarding that helped him in his career. It was his vision to see its relevance in society when others didn't. Naftali is a postdoc scholar at the USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism, and he's also a visiting fellow at the Yale Schwartzman Center. I hope you enjoy hearing how he carved out a new space in sports diplomacy and brought skateboarding to the university classroom. Let's jump in. Hey, Naftali, welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hey, so good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you today, too, because skateboarding has been in the news a lot this year as a new Olympic sport. Now, skate is a $2 billion industry and growing, and so we're going to talk about career opportunities. But first, I want to start with your story because skateboarding has always been at the center of your work. So tell us how you figured out that skate, skate and skateboarding could be a part of your academic and professional path. You know, it's... First of all, I have to say um, I lucked out being at University of Southern California and like going to school. And I really advocate that for 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 everybody finding a path. You know, most people know I started at Santa Monica College, which is, you know, that's just a local community college, but it's a great community college. And, you know, that gave me the background to to get to USC and being at being at the university. It just gave me the, the ability to see more things. Mm. It's let me see that here's people who have careers like, you know, maybe they worked, they were practitioners in the field or maybe they were just academics the whole time. But it kind of just brought in my it brought in my vision of what uh, of what the possibilities were. And I definitely have to always. um, I guess the right way to say it is that when I saw those those um, faculty who became my mentors, I saw that they were doing something that they were passionate about, and they were, of course, teaching us about that, uh, about whatever the topic was. But I was able to go, they are doing something they enjoy, talking about a topic that they enjoy, and guess what? The things that I'm interested in are either adjacent or in line with what they're doing. And so that's really like sort of the pivotal moment of saying like, here are people who are talking about like hip hop culture or jazz culture or black culture or uh, public diplomacy and like, what does it mean for communities to be connected sort of all over the world? And you know, for me, I went, wait a minute. I love skateboarding and skateboarding culture. We are global. Yeah. We so like there's communities that look like me or don't look like me, but share the same experience as skateboarders all over the world. So that's public diplomacy. Didn't realize that, that yeah. there was a, a spot for me there. And then the professors who talk about music or popular culture or feminist studies, um, you know, or, or black studies, those who are interested in social change. 
and being in school, I kind of just went like everything I'm interested in skateboarding has a lane at the university. And so that's when it sort of really came together for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to make sure everybody knows it didn't just come together like in at it took time. It took being there yeah. and, and seeing how people are kind of like living, breathing and, and what faculty do and also the guest speakers and stuff. I mean, I lucked out, you know, um, I don't know if you know or not, but, you know, I lucked out and got to work with Kobe before he before he passed away mm. because because his assistant came to one of my sports classes yeah. and I was. You know, in particular, skateboarding was not at the university before. So I was really kind of soaking up how do traditional sports or traditional businesses, like how do they operate in the university? Oh, they have classes about them. They recruit from the university. You know, that's how they make inroads. Huh. I really thought like I need to think about why skateboarding is not here why action sports are not being talked about, even though I know from firsthand experience that these are global cultures that do every single thing I'm learning and talking about in class, I can relate to skateboarding. Why are we not present? So that's kind of when I figured it out is like the moment came is when I realized I had something to offer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think is great for, you know, any, for any person really. And you went the cultural diplomacy route, which I think is so interesting and it's so important for the world of skateboarding and for how skateboarders are received. So tell us a little bit about your work in diplomacy, because that's what your master's degree is in, right? Yes. Yes. So, um, and, you know, I always say I owe, you know, one of my mentors is Nick Cole, who ran the the public diplomacy program. And he came to visit one of our classes in undergrad. Mm -hmm. And when he came, he said, well, public diplomacy is really people to people diplomacy and really getting to how do you develop real relationships with people around the world so that they actually, the truth is, so that they have good feelings about you, your country or the mission that you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, that was my aha moment where I realized that I knew Brazil and Brazilian skateboarders like the back of my hand even though I didn't actually know any Brazilian skateboarders. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that the Brazilian skaters would go to Europe, and then I realized, like, oh, well, why do I know Europe? I know Europe because in skateboarding, we share the stories, the videos, all before this tech that we have now, all before social media. I knew that I knew other countries and other people just as well as I knew my own experience. And that's when I realized, okay, They've these young skaters have been being ambassadors for their countries and nobody knows this. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, I need to go. I need to get in this program because I think that people don't see young people in this way. And young people are out there on the front lines, like being, you know, being the cultural ambassadors. And that's really that's what being in the program allowed me to craft and understand what public diplomacy was what the strategies are, and then be able to go, okay, I get this. This is what's happening in skateboarding. I'm going to actually do this in theory and in practice. It's laying the groundwork for adults to understand young people and the things that are special in young people's lives. And then where's the space for that? Where does it belong? Like, how do you talk about that in academia? How do you talk to that through your business? How do you build that that infrastructure so that kids are – so that kids feel 
recognized. And so that's like ultimately like what my work is, is just building that connection between adults and, and young people. Well, and you took it a step further because at first you were talking about the diplomacy work, which you still do and is very mm-hmm. important. But to your point about understanding and how skaters fit into culture, then you went on to pursue your Ph.D., which now also uses skateboarding as a lens through which to explore cultural connections and diversity and equity. So talk a little bit more about that next stage that you took your work to. Well, one, thank you very much for, for recognizing that. I appreciate that. Um, what what that came from, the pursuit of the PhD was really recognizing, uh, and this is something I want everyone to know, is like you can only do so much with the knowledge that you have at the moment. You may be doing great work, but there's always room to expand and grow and rethink and, and have new lenses to look at your work. And for me, the, getting the PhD was seeing that there was a huge gap while I was talking about skateboarding as a tool for cultural diplomacy, I in, in doing real work on the ground, um, I recognize that the way change is also created is in the academic sphere. Yeah. Because when academics study something and talk about it, it eventually goes down to being talked about by reporters as a story. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes a story, then it becomes something that regular people talk about in everyday life. So I, I saw that I needed to have the, my academic credentials and, and lay that groundwork too, so that it was really easy to have the conversations instead of it being so difficult, you know, because there's some people who only see through that lens where they're like, well, you know, if academics aren't writing about it or it's, that means it's not real. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, so I, I, I definitely put forth for anyone like kind of the importance of school and in, and in navigating that. So I had a mission. When I was working on my PhD, I looked at all of the research that was on um, skateboarding, but the larger field, which is action sports culture, like skating, surfing, snowboarding, you know, everything that's in the, in, in the sphere, mm-hmm. particularly board sports. Yeah. And what I saw in the literature that was there was that there was no one who was talking about the diversity that was in skateboarding culture. Yeah. In particular, all of the research that was there at the time not only it may, I mean, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to say it, but not only were they not talking about people of color when they did say something, it was it was pretty negative, and it mm-hmm. was looked through of a lens of, oh, these these people of color can't actually be important in skateboarding. It must just be this perfect to business. It must just be some affirmative action thing or like some sort of tokenism. And I understand where those scholars were at at that time. Because when they were writing, people were not looking at people of color in general, just like they weren't looking at women and thinking that women's scholarship or that feminist issues were issues for all of us. Yeah. So so it was easier for them to just ignore it and kind of go, even though I'm telling you, when I looked at the research, they're saying like, oh, we see this person is on the cover of the magazine and this person on the cover of the magazine, but but they must not have any power. That just must be that that somebody just needed to put somebody black on the magazine. And so for me, I went and looked and and my my PhD work was writing the history and experiences of skaters of color from the 1960s to the present day. And that was a really big lift because no one had done this before. And so I had to like sort of get all the scholarship before me and say like, 
hey, I know that you thought it was this way, but I actually interviewed these people, and the reason they're on the cover of the magazine is because they're actually important in skateboarding. Yeah. Not because of tokenism, not because of, oh, they needed a black person on the cover for that month. It's because they were the people who were driving the culture. And so that is like I have, you know, a shifting identity, like both being an academic and like explaining that to other a- academics. Yeah. But also being a, you know, right? But also being a skateboarder and going like, hey, you're not talking about this this activity, this culture in the right way. Like you're you're just totally ignoring it. And using these other frameworks, like a great way to think of it is, yes, there are, we need more black owners in football, right? When we're talking about business and football, Mm -hmm. baseball, all the traditional sports, right? Mm -hmm. So from a business standpoint, it makes me very sad that I see that the, the moves towards diversity, they're always, they're, they're, they're initiatives, but they don't necessarily get taken up. Like we're not seeing the real change the way we'd like to see that. And so I get to stop and go, look, these business models make billions and billions of dollars, but Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. In skateboarding, people who make who make noise, make racket, and like actually have something to say, that's the stuff that gets celebrated. That's why they're on the cover of the magazine, because they're giving something to the culture. And so like I'm always drawing these parallels between the progress we want to see in the business world and traditional sport and, you know, what I've seen in skateboarding, which is where people of color get to have their identities, identities celebrated. Like, you know, in, in particular, one of the things we're putting in the Smithsonian or bringing in the collection is the first skateboarding shoe by African-American. Right. Oh. And that shoe came out in the 90s. What shoe is I, that? Um, it is Sal Barbier's. His name is Sal Barbier. He's a pro skater, and he had the first first African American with a pro model shoe. And so he's going to be sending the prototypes to the Smithsonian. We're working on that that project, bringing those things in. And when I look at that, and then I look at where we are in sort of the traditional sports space, like there's been a longer time to celebrate people of color in ways that they're not celebrated or understood or thought about in traditional sports or traditional sports business and traditional sports scholarship. So I, so I'm always sort of like speaking in these, all these different audiences at the same time through whatever's important to them in order to get them to sort of open up to new ideas. I think what's so great about your story is that you had confidence, whether you knew it at the time or not, and you were very open-minded to just pursuing this and seeing where it goes. So I think that's a message to people. If there's something that you love, but you don't see it as a career or you don't see it as a field, you can create it. Because, you know, 20 years ago, I don't know that anyone at the State Department had an ambassador for skate, you know, and that's where you came in. So I, I think that is hopefully a takeaway that people recognize that, you know, sometimes you just got to keep following your gut and going with it. And I think in today's world, you can more easily create those jobs than maybe you could have 20 or 30 years ago. Oh, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, my message that I, that I try to get out is that, again, you can make that path, but also like, let's for a moment internalize that, right? Like, what, what does that mean? It's, I get my students to think about, who is sitting in an office whose job it is to do the thing that you that you're the change you're trying to make or the connection that that you want um, that that you want developed? And what that means is, you know, in public diplomacy, 
it's not that they thought about skateboarding as a tool for cultural diplomacy, but I knew what the what I knew what public diplomacy was and what the efforts should look like. So it's like, how can you do something that solves someone else's problem? They are trying to figure out new ways to be innovative, new ways to reach young people. Well, why don't you reach them where they're at? And it wasn't that people didn't do sports diplomacy. Like I didn't invent sports diplomacy, but I've definitely brought skate diplomacy and made that be a thing because I understood that, hey, there's sports have done these things, but what if you actually had the athlete or the person who understands what the mission is of actual diplomacy? As opposed to kind of just just sending like, you know, you can send a sports ambassador. But where I was different was understanding what the mission is and how to talk about what what was going on. And that was I said that, that as a benefit, have got, having gone to school and really understood, understood the audience. There's an audience at the State Department that needs to know when you go that you that you can articulate the values that they want, which any athlete can say, like, you know, the top three things. But I know what's different for me is I can go and also talk to the Ministry of Education because I understand how skateboarding fits as a way to get people interested in art or entrepreneurship or social change and say, hey, those are what you teach at school, right? And they're like, well, yeah. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm not concerned with people being the greatest skateboarder. I'm just concerned with them being the greatest person they can be. And since you're in, you're in education, I want them to see that the university is a place for them to go. So, so I guess that's that the kind of the thing is, is how can you solve people's problems that they have every day by the work you're going to do? So it could be that you love, you know, I, I'm literally just looking at the table in front of me. It could be that you love woodworking. Well, where would woodworking fit into these other these other missions, these other goals for people, and then just take the thing that you love and 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 bring it to where there's a hole or a gap and fill that gap. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. always the way I look at it. I hope that wasn't too long winded. <laughs> no, no, I I think this is all terrific. Trust me. No, this this is all good. I think what's so great about what you're saying. Well, I think there's a lot of great stuff about what you're saying, but. I think the parents out there, and I say this as a parent of, of teenage oh, yeah, kids, yeah. is we love that you're talking about college as a bridge to something yeah. else because the concept of problem solving, I mean, that's the key for any business. What problem are you solving and then can you sell it and then can you produce it and go from there? But this framework of pursuing it through diplomacy and then the cultural lens of diversity and skateboarding and how that fits into life and culture, you learned those whether it's the language or the framework or how to put all the pieces together because when you went to college and you went through that thought process. So that was a takeaway from your college experience. You didn't just, you know, graduate high school and then, you know, become the skateboarding ambassador. You know, you had to right. go through this journey to find out how it all pieced together. You're right. And it's funny because people do email me or call me or text or, you know, DM me. Yeah. And, I'll, and there are, you know, and I'll just say it they want to like do that job. They're like, Hey, I love skateboarding or I have a little small skateboarding nonprofit or I like, I want to do that. Like, why, why can't I do that? And my thing is like, of course you can, but I want you to know, like, here's how I got here. And yeah. that's what I explained to them is like going to school and, and this is for, for, for any business knowing that you're just going to do it no matter what. And then people will see around you 
they'll pay it. You know, they may pay attention when there's an article about it or somebody tells them, you know, that then, then, they, you know, they'll look at it for a little bit and they'll monitor you and see how you do in that position on your own. And then when you are less risk, then that's when you get invited in those spaces. And that's something I tell my students all the time and people, you know, like, you know, just in public speaking in general is letting people see, know that you are not going to just do it the first out the gate. It's not yeah. going to happen yeah. because you don't have the language and you don't have the vision. So, I mean, you just don't, there's, you know, that's, you may have your own vision, but what you need is to be able to have a vision that incorporates the needs of other people. So the first thing is about like not being selfish. It's not like people will say, well, I'm just going to do my thing. I will not tell you. It's not about doing your thing. It's about understanding your thing and seeing how it can benefit other people. And when you do that, that's when your allies come. That's when you start to get those, that ability. And, you know, I just, um, you know, the State Department just asked me to do another uh, another skate diplomacy project last week, mm. you know, and and not even related. I will just say not even related to the way people might think um, in the Netherlands. I worked to help help integrate the Syrian refugees who'd been granted asylum there. Yeah. Skateboarding. And that instance was a way for these are new people in a new country trying to figure out, like, I don't speak the language where, you know, where do I fit? Yeah. And so the good thing about skateboarding was to go and do these skate demonstrations. I brought a skater from um, from Belgium over and all of the skate companies that were in the Netherlands, like they helped work on that event. And the State Department didn't even expect like that's, you know, they didn't expect to have that kind of partnership, especially on the first mission. And they, uh, you know, the only thing I asked people is to allow me to like support the things that are on the ground. And what that did was allow those young, young, young um, asylum seekers, not even asylum seekers because they were granted asylum, but those young new nationals to understand that like, whoa, so let me get this straight. All I need to do is <laughs> step on this skateboard and these guys here say I can come to skate the skate park for free now that I'm here. And yeah. there are other skaters that are here and this guy from Belgium is here. Like, I don't even speak the language yet, but like, look, there's a place for me. And that's, that was what, you know, the State Department didn't see that at the time, but I saw that because I knew what, what skateboarding could be because it already was a collective. And so that's how we did the, the Netherlands. But when I was in Cambodia, Cambodia was totally different. That's 70% of their, of their population is, you know, under 35. So they're all young people and it's adults trying to figure out like, how do we get them to want to think about school? Well, one of the things that they really loved is like, Yes, they loved that I was talking about skateboarding as a as a as a way to bond and build, you know, and build a stronger community. But they were really excited, like, oh, we didn't know that there's business here. We want our young people to start businesses. And oh, I didn't know that you were talking about it through you can start your own business. If you're in the art, you do not have to be the best skateboarder. You could just be excited about the fact that there's different board graphics on every board yeah. and that you could start a business there or you could be engaged with art. And that's the ministry like of education. They were so excited to go. This is not a normal sports, <clears throat> excuse me, sports diplomacy person or just a normal. He's, this is not just a sports guy. This is not a sports guy saying sports saving the world. This is a guy who's coming going, we want kids to want to go to school. And he's like giving away for that to be. And on top of that, like, oh, by the way, skateboarding is fun on top of all of this, you know? Yeah. So, 
so you know so the mission changes but that's what something i want your audience to know is it's it's just whatever your passion is and and you don't have to like beat your chest it's not about you it's about you being a servant to 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 the the community you want to speak for that's really a great way of looking at your passion. I mean, I, I look at my own work. You know, I really love helping people find job fulfillment. So it's not about me hopping on the podcast and, and talking yeah. to people, which I do love because I, I find really great, fascinating people. But it is a service, and that's why it's become successful, because yeah. I'm filling a need. And so now you're helping other people fill a need. But I do remember you, you used to get emails every day from kids wanting to find careers in skateboarding um so you know in the beginning it was like well you could be a sponsored skater um but those Mm -hmm. of us who have fallen off the skateboard way too many times know that that is not the option for all of us and i have the bruises to prove it so you know there's photography there's social media but so talk to me a little bit about the kids who just you know they just want to take the love of the sport and keep it keep doing it after college when they get a full-time job and think Neftali, you are also talking to some of the parents out there. Like, you know, yes. there are parents today that I think are much more on board. They're very proud of their skaters, um, both girls and boys, non-binaries. Mm-hmm. I see lots of videos on my feed. But talk to us a little bit about just some of the ways that kids can actually get a career going with, with skateboarding. So, so okay, so there's a couple of things. Um, one, I would say for the parents listening that just know that you do not need to push your kid to be the best athlete. Like maybe they are good athletes, but maybe they just like skateboarding. But the key thing as an adult or or as a parent is just ask, what is it that you like about it? Well, I love that. It could be as simple as, well, I love the being able to like be meet new people. Every time I go to the skate park, there's somebody different. Like I'm making new friends all, all over. So even in that, that means that your child is into community building and community community building can become community organizing. Yeah. And then, and like, that means that they like to be social and that they see the value in people and in in people in mass. And so, and that they're effectively communicating with them like that they're building friendships and doing things. So the thing you want to do is, is get them to understand like, okay, well, if you're doing that, there's space for that at school, right? That is going in the calm. That's going into communication and going into, or, Going into um, if they want to move into the nonprofit sectors, like there's the there's space for that skill set that they're gaining, and it could be as simple as if your child says or you notice that they're meeting all these people from all these different backgrounds, ask them what's happening in those lives, and then there is a career for them to go and, and say like, hey, I'm actually in charge of bringing people together. Right. So those are the people who are always like those are the people who are putting events together. Those are people who are that that glue that we need to bring like people from different um, backgrounds in business. Right. There's always people who are like this is the innovative thinker. This is the innovative thinker. But there needs to be somebody who talks to both those innovative thinkers and said, oh, you should meet my friend over here because you're on the same page. Yeah. So like even even that, that's why you go to school for comm, right? So that you can also see where that is in comm and in PR and in um, business management. Like that's that's just them innately knowing how to deal with and most importantly, be with people in a positive way. And that's something that we need. Now, let's say your child is antisocial. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's the wrong word. Sorry. The, <laughs> introvert. Let's, let's, I think you're talking I'm to the introverts. 
Yeah, if they're introverts, right? Let's say that's the case. Like, they're not into that. They're like, hey, I, I actually like going to the skate park or skating by myself, and I'm into the art that's in the boards, right? And so, of course, there's a place for that because in the actual industry, we have both designers, right? That you can go to school for design. And something people should know is that skateboarding and action sports as a whole, those industries are very small mm-hmm. and they're very insular. Because it was always people who were interested in it, former pro skaters, former people who were just around skaters. That's the industry is made up of people who love the activity. So if your children are interested in it and they show an aptitude for design or they're already starting little businesses, they're taking their wheels and selling their wheels and they're moving them around, whatever the thing is, they can do that and pursue that at school, excuse me, in school. Yeah. And what... I've tried to do and what other people are doing now is to be there at the university to feel that fire. Yeah. And so I bring in people from from the skateboarding industry because skateboarding never recruited from the university before because yeah. there wasn't there was no connection. Yeah. So being in being that connector, now they are recruiting at the school. And that allows your student I had, I had students who were who are into um, R&D because there's plenty of engineers who were in my classes and they loved R&D and uh, particularly we had students who like loved working with carbon fiber and didn't know that there were boards that could be um, made out of carbon fiber. And most importantly, I was able to introduce them to to the people who are in charge of R&D at some of the businesses that I work with and let them know that there was a space for them already. And many of them thought, well, I didn't think I could connect my skate life and my engineering life. Wow. I think parents are going to love that line, by the way. (laughs) I might have to lead with that. And, and, you know, I mean, there's, I was trying to break it down just using those things, but you know, from the art side, the entrepreneurial side, like all the things that you're trying to tell your kid to go to school for, you just need to be able to speak to them through the thing that they love. But also, let me just say this as a big hug to all the parents listening. Hey, there actually has to be somebody at the university for them to relate to. Mm -hmm. And so that's my job. And that's why I try to create that space because it can't just be you as a parent pushing them. And then they get to the university and there's nobody who understands them. Right. Yeah. That's that's a terrible thing. While the university can do those things. The university also has to be enlightened enough to understand that it's our job to meet kids where they're at and provide classes and a curriculum that represents the topics that they're interested in so that their time at the university is well spent. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids have been building their presence on social media and for skateboarding, just like a lot of other things that has become so essential because that's where they get found. So social media yes. doesn't have to be, you know, goofy and silly. It can be. and But we yeah, can also yeah. look at social media as a platform, uh, no pun intended, that yeah. skateboarders can use because that's how then they get followed, then they get discovered, and then conversations yeah. start to happen, and then they can get uh, a direct message one day and all of a sudden be you know, be talking to someone that they didn't know in their industry. So I think it's a way of connecting just like uh, any type of Instagram influencer or on Pinterest. um, Mm -hmm. These kids can connect with others all over the world. Yes. And, you know, I really to to really give give that um, even some more weight is 
what has happened? There's been a huge rise of female skateboarders, women skateboarders, gender non-binary skaters, and a huge LGBTQ plus push in the last few years. And the reason that that happened, as much as I love skateboarding, that doesn't mean that it's not of the world and you might run into the same biases or same issues that happen just in general. Like that, that, that it's it, skateboarding is of the world. And so it's the best of us and it's the worst of us, depending on what the moment is, right? Yeah. But what's happened with social media is social media allowed people to bypass who, who might have been the traditional gatekeepers. Yeah. Right? The, Maybe it's the magazine not focusing on women and not focusing on young girls. And it didn't matter because in the end, those magazines will slow down and dry up by not being responsive and responsible mm -hmm. to the, the people who are actually doing the skateboarding. And on social media, the amount of women's non-binary, like the just black black folks skating, like all these things, like these meetup groups have been really pushed on social media because people are like, hey, I'm by myself. I would like to meet some more people. And that has caused a huge explosion, which has also affected the skateboarding industry where they're really focused, not just like, oh, we need to be doing this social media thing. It's actually them going, this social media thing is actually the lifeblood of people connecting and we need to make products that respond to the people who are putting in the time and effort. So that's been this big movement in the business side that going to, to now following and understanding, following the trends and who's actually knowing who their audience is better than they used to. And so, so that's like, you know, just to push for social media, having that, but that's also social justice and gender equity and real social change that's happening because people are doing their own thing, looking for their tribe and their crew, and they make they become a groundswell that makes the businesses have to chase after them and have to rebrand or, or or rethink their marketing strategies. So there's a power in what you know what what young people are doing and that parents can like see tap into. But also, I say it in these terms so that it's. So it's not just pushing your kid on social media. No. That is not good. No. That is not good. Because even if your person your 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 young person is like the best skater, that's that's fine. But what has not changed in skateboarding is looking for what is beyond being a good skateboarder, the actual activity, the actual um, um, skateboarding prowess. It has always been about what does that person bring to the collective of skateboarding culture? Everyone can do the tricks. That's the thing a parent should know. Like my four-year-old's doing, you know, kickflip back tails. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's great. I love it. Sure, sure. But but when when people want to invest, they want to see like what what will this person be and like what do they offer besides just good skateboarding? And so if you're if you're, you know, your child or or your teenager no, is also doing these other things like is even though they might not have the words for gender equity or social justice and all that but if they're just rolling deep with a crew of all girls or all gender binary or like like you're looking and they're rolling with a crew that is more diverse than the group that you grew up with well then one skateboarding is doing something amazing for them and two that that's something that is worth discussing and sharing and talking about so maybe you as the parent do the heavy lifting in a good way, in a way that you're not just being a, like looking for the next skateboarding superstar. It's about really being the next person who's going to influence and change the way people think about themselves. 
So much of what you're talking about, though, Neftali, could apply to young people or people of all ages for any field, whether it's skateboarding or fashion or music or whatever you're into. Um, I just think you are a wonderful example of someone who took something that they love to do and, like you said, didn't just do it for yourself, but figured out how to connect with other people and how to serve our greater good and how to serve our community. So thank you for the work you do. No, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for sharing some tips for our friends, and I'll put a link to your website in the show notes so people can follow you from wherever you go from here. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, Neftali. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Now it's your turn. We want to hear from you. Let us know what career questions you need help with. Send us an email to info at jobtalkweekly.com or leave us a review and mention the topics you'd like to hear. To learn more about our services or read articles with more career advice, visit our website, jobtalkweekly.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.